G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always good, touching base with Family Voice Australia. Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT is Greg Bondar. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Delighted to be here once again. Greg, let's start with these prayers in the Victorian Parliament. Uh, a narrow defeat of that motion uh, down to the wire, but Labor's vowed to axe the century-old tradition of reciting the Lord's Prayer in the State Parliament if they're re-elected next time. Uh, what are your thoughts as you've been monitoring the progress? Yeah, thank you. Now, look, we have been monitoring it, and in, in point of fact, our Victorian State Director, Peter Stevens, um, has been very active in ensuring that uh, contact is made with all politicians at the Victorian uh, Parliament. But in particular, what, what I want to make clear is that um, this attempt to get rid of prayers at the start of the parliamentary uh, proceedings is really another move to de-Christianise Australia. And, and I think we've got to make this point really clear. You and I both know, Neil, that Australia was founded with the principle of the separation of church and state, but it never intended, nor was it mentioned, that we could not have people with religious ideas, people with prayers, uh, you know, kept out of public life. And, and we have to make this point that prayers really, and I recall when I was at at the at the federal parliament there as a as a advisor um to one of the ministers you know we had parliamentary prayer meetings but one of the things i want to make sure is that when when parliament is opened in prayer it always sets the tone and the mood of debate and that's what the intention is to give it a godly aspect so i think this is wonderful news neil our campaign which was a one-click campaign in, 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 in terms of getting everybody in Victoria to email their parliamentarians. Our campaign was on the, on the theme of pray for the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> hey, Greg, interesting, isn't it? Uh, Fiona Patton, the member who's responsible for this bill in Victoria, and uh, the idea that uh, she and some other uh, MPs apparently would stay outside of the chamber while the prayer was prayed because they couldn't bear to be in the presence of a prayer being prayed like that. Any thoughts there? Uh, and that's interesting, isn't it? Might be a might be a, a little letting in a little light on uh, what happens at a level of godlessness. Uh, but what are your thoughts for the idea that somehow or other, uh, you know, people feel like they're uncomfortable in the presence of the Lord's Prayer? Yeah, look, now, again, we have to make the point that, you know, Prayer in Parliament really symbolises our Judeo-Christian heritage and the Westminster parliamentary traditions that have been an integral part for over 170 years of decision-making. Now, you know, people in, in, in public life will agree with some things, won't agree with another. But for this particular MP, Fiona Patton, to put in a proposal to say, let's replace prayer with silence or reflection... Neil, what on earth does that mean? What it means is, really, here's another step to de-Christianise Australia 
And in point of fact, you know, people in Parliament in Victoria have seen the light and we thank those that voted against it. And, and you've got to also, you know, if you're a bit of political intrigue here, Neil, is that the, the Labor and the Greens and what have you were starting to lose the debate. So what they did was they adjourned it, which means there was no vote taken. In other words, the, the matter is that the, the retention of prayers remains and it's interesting that, you know, once you put up a proposal and you don't like it the way it, it goes, you just put a stop to it. So, Neil, we've had a win. Pray for the Lord's Prayer has worked. And we want to thank all those parliamentarians in Victoria that have, that have um, you know, defended the right to have prayers to set the tone of Parliament uh, meetings. Uh, we thank them. And uh, again, this is a real answer to prayer, if I may put it that way now. And when you say moves to de-Christianise Australia, this is just another prime example here, Greg. You can legitimise anything if you call it inclusive. So uh, we're just being inclusive. We want to include everyone. Therefore, we want to get rid of that Christian Heritage Foundation. Uh, That idea is quite obvious in this case. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the point is, when I say de-Christianise, you know, one event after another, one proposal after another. What people are trying to do, Neil, is to try and make us secular. We were not secular. We're still Christian based on the last census back in 2016. So we are Christian, 52.1%. I'll talk about that more lately. But look, let's not try and make those with faith to be unfaithful. Neil, this is a real answer to prayer. I know in Queensland... Um, uh, you've had the same sort of uh, situation and uh, I think retentions uh, of prayer have been kept uh, in Queensland and that's good news as well now because, you know, we want to make sure that it happens. I remember when I was a a deputy mayor of our local council, I tried to introduce prayers um, to to open council. Well, Neil, I got hounded down. I was talked, you know, I I was called a religious, you know, freak and what have you. All I wanted to say to them was, let's open our council meetings with prayer and set the tone, and they wouldn't have it now. But again, you know, you don't have wins all the time, but I can tell you I'm so pleased with the decision here in Victoria. As I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, it's reported that Labor has vowed to axe the tradition of reciting the Lord's Prayer in State Parliament if re-elected at their next election. That's an interesting uh, way to make that uh, part of the platform for re-election, and uh, yeah. that'll be that'll be an issue for uh, for Victorian listeners today. But uh, that just well, gives you an idea where the Labor Party is heading with this. Well, let me just say to you biblically, Neil, God resists resist, resisting the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now that that, that is so true, and in in, in time of um, offensive actions, you know, such as trying to get rid of prayer. I think the Andrews-led government will be held accountable and it'll be held accountable by God, not just us. Interesting stuff, isn't it? Hey, Greg, let's move on. Other big things. Uh, the 10th of August, hey, that's not long away. Today's the 5th, so five nights away from Census Night. And you've been concerned about a lot of dimensions of the census form this year. Uh, the census going woke. What are your concerns? Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I, I issued a press release yesterday nationally saying that, the, that quite frankly, the census has gone woke and cancel culture has infiltrated uh, government once again because, um, you know, when you come to the question of religion, question number 23, it's so important to make sure that we as Australians, mums and dads of faith, 
actually tick a box. And our campaign is tick a box. Because what we've got to do is to make sure that we record our faith. Now, what the census form has done was it's put no religion at the top. So you and I both know, and having been you know, involved in surveys, people will t- tend to, to tick the most uh, convenient box and no religion's up the top. Not only that, Neil, but quite frankly, you know, they've, got, they've left spaces there for people to put their religion in if they so wish. Neil, why is it? And we raised this point back in 2015. Family Voice made a statement back in 2015. Why don't you retain the 2011 form of the census where no religion appears down the bottom and therefore giving people, mums and dads, the right to declare their faith? And I pray and I ask every one of your listeners nationally, Neil, to tick a box and put your faith down there. Interesting too, Greg, that the census on question 23 doesn't even have the word Christianity listed because so many of us will be looking for where's the Christianity option and there are a whole lot of denominations in there but not not even a full list of the denominations so you can't actually get really specific here but the word Christianity not even listed. What are your concerns about that? Yeah, well, that's interesting, Neil. I mean, you and I both know that uh, in point of fact, and I hate to be theologically um, pedantic here, but Christianity is not a religion, Neil. It's, it's, it's a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but that said, it should be an option to be put in because we're talking about Christian religions as such. And what we need to be doing is that, that by excluding the word Christian or Christianity, it is actually, the form is actually by stealth trying to tell people, look, you know, don't bother, you know, putting anything and just put no religion. Now, the implications for this, Neil, are very, very serious because the census should be used, should be used for demographic reasons. In other words, how many hospitals we build, how many faith schools do we build, how many churches need to be built. But if the government doesn't allow us to express express our faith through the census, then it's nothing but stealth, wokeism by stealth. And we have to make sure that, you know, that, that, the, that the actual no religion box does not grow any further because it grew from 18.7% to 30.1% from 2016, um, uh, from the 2006 to 2016. So we've got to make sure, Neil, that people actually tick a box. Faith is very important in, in, in understanding society and where it's headed in terms of infrastructure and, and what have you. So, Neil, please encourage your all your listeners to tick a box. Uh, absolutely, tick a box. And uh, listeners will hear some segments going to air that are talking about the census and uh, just revisiting the importance of ticking a box and not leaving that to any way that you could be considered to be no religion. Hey, it's not the only wokeism on the no. census form because uh, there's also uh, the possibility of the non-binary sex option mm. and uh, marital status is uh, all up in the air here too. What are your thoughts about those other areas? Neil, this is a real attack on our general view, our our general way of life because, Neil, look, when you put in, please insert male, female, non-binary. Now, please, I don't care if they're non-binary, really, in a sense, but the minuscule amount of people that would register as non-binary would be not worth even counting. But not only that, same-sex marriage. Again, it will be minuscule. The point I'm making here is that the form is going towards this wokeism, cancel culture, 
by way of saying, well, Christianity, traditional marriage, traditional families, they're not important. But non-binary, same-sex marriages are very important, so we're going to put those into the, into the census form. Nil, this is hijacking our way of life, and we need to make sure that we have our say. And I think, you know, the Australian Bureau of Stats ought to be contacted by every person in Australia and say, hey, you got the form wrong. We made this point back in 2015, and you've done nothing about it. So, Neil, how come they're giving, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a real sort of uh, profile to non-binary, same-sex marriage, and yet put, putting religion as... This is not a this is not a mandatory question. It's optional for you to answer. Neil, what are we going to do? You're calling it a flawed document, and another one of those attempts to undermine and de-Christianise Australia. And so, the idea of not rushing through your census form. Sometimes you think, oh, it's census night. We better just rush through this and get it out of the way. Uh, But not rushing through it, just being cautious about how you're actually responding to those questions in case you're responding in such a way uh, that might play into the hands of this sort of uh, de-Christianising, secularising of Australia. So it's a matter of uh, taking some time uh, to be uh, determined to put on there what you want to be be heard, not uh, what you're seeing to be influenced to. Mm. Hey, running out of time, you've got some yep. good events and things coming up and I did mention in my uh, introduction to things coming ahead on 2020 that Greg Sheridan, the foreign editor of The Australian and uh, he's authored a new book, uh, is going to be our guest next but you've also got Greg on mm. uh, one of your uh, special webinars coming up. Uh, give us uh, an insight here into what you've got Greg doing for you. Yeah, absolutely, and I would not take anything away from Greg when you're interviewing him. So, look, but can I just say, Neil, that this is more than just um, Greg's new book, and I'll come to that in a second. It's it's about people expressing their faith in the public arena. Now, Greg Sheridan is a highly respected journalist. He's an international, as you know, the foreign editor of The Australian. Uh, He's already written a book called God is Good for You. And now the new book, The Urgent Case for Jesus in Our World, really, really goes into the role of Christianity and the need for Jesus in our modern world. But more importantly, Nell, as you mentioned, I think, that other people have endorsed it, other other uh, media personalities have endorsed this book. Now, isn't it wonderful, Neil, that we as Christians, when we're high in the public profile, can come out and say, I've written a book or expressed my faith, and it is allowed to be expressed without anybody howling us down. So my heart goes out to Greg Sheridan because I believe it's wonderful that he's out there in the public arena. I will be interviewing him next uh, Monday the 16th at 7pm uh, and talking about his new book, but I'll leave that uh, for a discussion for another time, Neil. But I am so pleased that we've got somebody of the nature of Greg Sheridan being able to put out a book that expresses his faith. Well, Greg Bondar, Family Voice Australia, State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, keep your hand to the plough. You're doing a fabulous job. And uh, let me point listeners to the Family Voice website and you could be registered to be a part of that webinar. And after you hear Greg Sheridan on the 2020 program just ahead, you might be wanting to see Greg Sheridan face-to-face and talking through issues of faith and Christianity. Uh, Familyvoice.org.au you and uh, there'll be other campaigns too no doubt that uh, Greg could encourage you with but uh, Greg we'll leave it there for now thanks so much for being with us on 2020 God bless to all of you thank you Neil 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.